Support for this podcast comes from Redesign.co. As an SGI member, you can receive a 100% fully optimized website that's hosted for free. Have a website you already like? Redesign.co can dramatically boost your presence on Google free for 90 days. Redesign.co also has a full-service digital marketing agency that can assist you with all of your online needs, including PPC. Call 208-261-9898 or visit sgileads.com for more information. Welcome to The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hello there, SGI family and other contractor friends. I'm so thankful you're here. As a reminder, all episodes of the Successful Contractor Show are available on YouTube as well as your favorite podcast player of choice. Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind everyone that registration is open for your SGI Fall Expo. It will be held in beautiful Temecula, California. That's Southern California wine country. Now, if you want to come early uh, for two days prior, Learning Alliance is offering a class called Developing Effective Managers. So come check that out. I know we're going to have over a thousand people in attendance at this expo, but there are only so many rooms because this is a smaller property. So please register soon. Uh, You can do so by visiting your SGI Hub website and doing so right there. I look forward to seeing you there. Today's show is actually a new program we're offering at SGI called SGI Monthly Member Panels. Uh, These are interactive live programs where an SGI coach joins me and two SGI members to discuss a particular topic. Uh, um, Our very first monthly member panel featured SGI coach Sonia Fryer. Uh, She joined me along with Jim Bodine of CGS Heating and Air and Jake Wheeler of Wire One Electric. Uh, And we're discussing how KPIs drive operational decisions, KPIs standing for Key Performance Indicators. Uh, This was a great discussion. I think you're going to enjoy it. It was filled with insight on how to maximize that bottom line profit. That begins knowing your numbers every single day. Each one of these member panels uh, begins with a short coach presentation. Uh, In this case, Sony delivered a great one. Very short, but very uh, impactful. Now, that's only available to SGI members. Um, You can catch that presentation. This whole discussion we're going to have on the Hub SGI members will have those numbers. Uh, Those numbers can also be found throughout the Hub. So, uh, they're easy to find, but check out, you know, talk to your coach if you have any uh, trouble finding them. Everyone else not an SGI member, come join the family and you can get access to that great information. So uh, with that being said, here's my discussion with SGI coach Sonia Fryer, Jim Bodine of CGS Heating and Air, and Wire One Electric's Jake Wheeler discussing how KPIs drive their operational decisions. I hope you enjoy it and take away a nugget or two. Thank you, Sonia. Uh, appreciate you tossing it over to me. Uh, I am thankful for everyone that's on this call. Appreciate you making time to, to, to sit with us and uh, to sit through this great content. I mean, like you said, we have two incredible members, two gentlemen I've known for some time, uh, both highly successful growth-driven businesses that are both highly profitable. And uh, not only are they great stories in business, they're great members, help lots of other members, um, take a lot of time to do that, take the phone calls, uh, the meetings at, at outside of Expo, and and probably a whole bunch of other stuff that we don't even know about. So uh, you two gentlemen would please turn your cameras on. Guys, thanks for coming on. Uh, I, I'll have you introduce yourselves one at a time. And Jim, because you're you're the first one I see on the left, and that's how I learned to read things. Uh, if you would, would you please share your name, your company name, and uh, your, where you guys are located? You're all over Ohio and Midwest now these days, right? Yes, my name is Jim Bodine. I'm with CJS Heating and Air. 
Uh, we started in Dayton, Ohio in March of 1994, and uh, we have locations in Columbus and in Indiana, and uh, we're are still on the hunt. So, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Very good. Nice to have you on, Jim. Thanks for, for joining us. Uh, Jake, if you would do the same, would you please uh, share your name, company name, and where you are located? Yeah, Jake Wheeler, Wire One. We're primarily in Des Moines, Iowa. We do some work in the eastern part of the state as well. Very good. Thank you, sir. Really glad to have you on as well. Um, Jim, I'll toss the first question to you. Obviously, you're not the only one responsible uh, for KPIs in your in your business because uh, you have multiple locations. So uh, maybe share who is in, ultimately in charge of driving those numbers in your management team uh, at this moment. Well, um, we have it broken down. Each location has an ops manager, so they're primarily responsible for field KPIs. Um, everything from service uh, to sales, they're responsible for those numbers. And then, um, and then in the office, we have um, a, a call center manager, and she's responsible for the call center KPIs. And then financially, um, you know, each person has certain responsibilities within the financial KPIs. So right. If I'm not mistaken, your call centers all run out of one office still. Is that is yes. that accurate? Okay, good. That's accurate. Yep, very good. Uh, now, Jake, now you, you have the one location, but you also have one. I'm assuming your, your one other manager kind of helps monitor the KPIs. Is, is that how that works for you guys? Yeah, that's right. So we have a service manager who has a handful of KPIs that he's responsible for. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a portion of them that I'm still watching. Uh, and then we have... A marketing manager, he's got three or four KPIs that I hold him accountable for, mm -hmm. and then of course our accounting. So, very good, very good. And we'll, Jake, we'll just stick with you. Let's let's dig into into what some of those core KPIs maybe you are watching and your team is watching carefully. Could you maybe share the handful that you are are worried about? Maybe not worried, but you're monitoring closely every day that ensure that you know you guys are going to hit your goals uh, every week, every month, and every year. Yeah, every day we're looking at sales, revenue, and the number of leads coming in. And then mm -hmm. how, how many jobs do we get booked out of that? We have weekly, we follow somewhat of a traction model. And so weekly we have a, a leadership meeting with, uh, I don't know, like six of us. Mm -hmm. So we call that our L10. There's nine metrics we're watching during that meeting. Um, mm -hmm. I can run through those quick if somebody yeah. wants to look. But yeah, so I mean, we're watching, we just kind of start at the beginning. Are we getting enough incoming leads of those incoming leads? Are we booking enough of them? So what's our booking percentage? Mm -hmm. How many opportunities are we running? So out of that, we can kind of deduce our run rate or how many are canceling. Of the ones we run, how many are we selling? Again, that will tell us our closing rate. Sure. And then we're looking at our total sales, our total revenue. We're, I mean, we expect the sales should be leading revenue by somewhere around 6 to 7%. And then mm -hmm. uh, we're watching our average ticket. So Very good. We expect out of one of those closes. Mm -hmm. Now you have an unusual KPI, right? You you have some for your dispatcher, Sonia. You you want to maybe lead that a little bit? You had mentioned that to me that Jake does something unique with that. I think it, I'd like to highlight it while before we forget. <laughs> no, definitely. I hate to put um, Jake on the spot like this, but Jake, oh, one of the good. common questions. Yeah, I like to pick on Jake. Anyone who knows yeah. Jake. Uh, one of the common questions I constantly get when I help people with call center is okay we know how to do spiffs for our call center people but how do we do it for a dispatcher and i haven't found a lot of companies that's really found a really easy streamlined way 
to look at like some kind of sort of bonus system of other than off gross margin for their dispatchers or tracking how soon techs get to jobs, this or that. Now, I know most companies probably don't track quite as thorough as Jake does. If any of you get the pleasure to spend time with him, you'll all understand quickly what I mean by that. But Jake, I was just curious if you would share with everyone, what are you doing to track your dispatchers um, so you can help look at reviews and bonus them and things like that? Because I know you kind of have some unique things you're doing. Yeah, happy to, but I would definitely not go as far as to say that it's easy or streamlined. Uh, <laughs> but, but we do have a we do have a scorecard for our dispatchers. Um, but gross margin is a percentage of that, as well as where we land in our in relationship to our revenue goal. I think the dispatcher, at least in our model, has a lot of say in that and getting the right guy to the right job and keeping him uh, motivated or in the right mind frame to. Uh, to serve that customer well. Additionally, there are a few other things we give them responsibility for, or we hold them accountable for. Um, we're watching our billable hour efficiency. So is she, is our dispatcher making sure the guy has all the information he needs to go be successful, whether that's returning to a, a sold job where he needs to have material coordinated ahead of time or um, something as simple as, is the customer ready for us to come back or did we show up and waste an hour and a half going there and leaving? So billable hour efficiency is one that we task our dispatchers with. Our run rate, Bob, we mentioned that briefly here before we jump on this call, or maybe I mentioned it as part of our L10. Uh, so we're watching our run rate. We we don't think that should be 100%. Some of those calls probably are gonna cancel and we wanna make sure that we're sorting for the best ones. Um, one of the biggest things we hold our dispatchers accountable for is our percentage of revenue retained. And so that's the way we, it's a positive reflection of how much backs out. Basically we say, hey, we sold this much work and of that we actually ended up completing this much. So I think the dispatcher has a, in our company anyways, the dispatcher has a large role in that, in communicating with the customer, keeping them in the loop, getting whatever process needs to happen, uh, material coming, subs lined up, equipment rented, utility and permits coordinated appropriately. That sometimes can hold us up. And if we don't accurately communicate with the customer, we can, we, we have a tendency or at least the possibility to lose some ground there. And then uh, the percentage of work rescheduled, but that's kind of a, a different one that we track we actually think we should be rescheduling a certain amount of work so in our from our perspective it should be about 10 percent. if we're rescheduling more than that we're probably not managing the schedule well and if we're rescheduling less than that we're probably not sorting for the best calls mm. so that's one of the other uh, kpis we hold the dispatchers accountable for good stuff very good good sony thank you for for bringing that up to me beforehand, so we were sure to, to ask Jake about that. Uh, Jim, I'm gonna throw over to you. You uh, have HVAC and plumbing. Obviously, I think HVAC is a much larger uh, piece of the pie, but could you discuss maybe some of the, uh, you know, the core KPIs you and your team are, are watching, uh, you know, daily to ensure you guys ultimately hit your goals? Well, um, there there are the normal KPIs, and I'll, and I'll hit on them because they're super important, but the one that I neglected to watch uh, as my management team grew was the cash KPI. So I like mm -hmm. to say we're looking at are we growing the cash every single day on the DMR? There's a spot for, you know, daily profit and monthly profit. And so I, I, the first thing we look at every morning in our, in our huddles is, did we grow that cash, right? Did mm -hmm. we grow cash from the previous day or did we lose cash from the previous day? So we want to make sure we're always growing cash. And then when we're not growing cash, then we kind of zero in, okay, how many sales calls did we run? How many did we close? Uh, that's, that's a huge um, um, 
you know, KPI right there for us is, you know, the sales in our business uh, drives the biggest, uh, moves the needle the most. So, um, you know, when we sell jobs, we're, 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 you know, making the most money and doing the most uh, with the business. So, you know, how many of those jobs did we get closed? Um, the gross margin, you know, and that's not necessarily something that we can kind of gauge daily. I wish, I wished it was easier to do that, but it hasn't been an easy KPI to, to, to measure daily. We basically have to get like a good gross margin that we average for like the last two or three months. And, um, you know, we, we, we report, uh, by the 10th, the gross, gross margin. That's a, that's a big one too. Cause if you're selling stuff, but you're not selling at the right, right gross margin, it's, it's, you know, it's a, useless so you know um then outside of that uh, you know what was the average ticket in sales because there again if you have a guy like in our company we're selling you know the average job is around nine to ten thousand dollars well if you have a guy starts dropping into 35 well, i don't i haven't seen 35 in a long time but hmm. 45 or even six anymore i mean that's that's a that's a low number we need to really work on that hmm. then comes service um obviously calls you know, one another kind of epiphany that I had for, for I've been a, a member for 10 years and it was a couple of years. It took me staring at that DMR going, how do I, how, this is my goal, but how do I get there? Well, I started realizing that I could control the calls. Like, you know, mm -hmm. maybe I can't make the phone ring, but I can end, but I can make it ring out, you know? And yeah. um, that was an epiphany for me. I would say the two things that were kind of an epiphany for me was that and, um, and, 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 and watching the cash. So, the rest of it kind of, um, you know, is how you fix it. Your labor, you look at where your labor's at every day. Um, yeah. You know, you see yourself getting out of line. You got to make quick fixes. I love the DMR because we use it. Um, it's like flying an airplane with it. You know, it's like all the gauges, you know. <laughs> I always just picture myself holding the DMR, you know, trying to keep it level, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. Hey, real quick along those lines, I'll tell you who you should have on this call is John Polizzi. He's the one that's got figured out how to track his gross margin every day. <laughs> well, good. Now, John, if you're watching this, you're going to be on the next show. Guy up and see if you can't get him on the line. He's probably sitting on a beach somewhere. <laughs> that's good stuff john's great people we'll have to pull him on i'll say I'll, I'll blame you jake it'll be your fault so no no i i'm sure john would be happy to be on that's good stuff great 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 well let's let's hop back over to you jake so your kpis are you um you know are you are you resetting them every year based on um you know what your budgeted goals are and you go hey we have to hit this percentage to meet that goal or or do you just have a foundational kpis for each one of those uh, numbers that you just you know, you just got to hit year after year. Yeah, there's a little bit of each, Bob, in regard to KPIs that are tracking a percentage. A lot of times those remain relatively static. Right, right, but right. If they're KPIs about how many of this, that, or the other thing, or how many dollars need to come in, of course, those are going to be adjusted to mm -hmm. match what the current budget is. Right. Do you, do you and your manager sit down to determine those, or are you pretty much the keeper of those numbers and, and you manage them specifically? Yeah, we have a small leadership team that sits down and figures that stuff out together. Uh, we use a, our follow-up business process of scaling up. It's very similar to traction. I think there's others that are pretty into traction. So anyways, as a result, we have a meeting rhythm. Like I mentioned, mm -hmm. we have a weekly L10. And then uh, quarterly, we sit down for a day off-site to re readdress the budgeted goal and what needs to happen in order to stay on track for the annual goal. Sure, very good. Now, does each individual technician or call taker have 
his or her own KPIs that your your or targets. You know, you don't just have a broad, you know, we want X percent, you know, sold or or the X percent's average ticket. Does each one have their own targeted KPI? Yes, sir, they do. Um, we have a scorecard for every. I wish I'd say we have one for every position. There's a couple positions we don't yet have a scorecard for, but most position, positions have a scorecard. So call takers have a scorecard, dispatchers got a scorecard, service managers got a scorecard, technicians have a scorecard. So yes, yep. they have their own individual set of KPIs that they are responsible for or accountable for. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, those are adjusted to be applicable to the individual and the position. Right, right. I mean, how much is, is reasonable growth, you know, on an average ticket if a guy's already doing $1,200 and you go, hey, we really want you to do 1500. I mean, I, is it a, is it a sizable? Is it just dependable on the guy or, and you know what he, you think he or she can still do? Yes, it's definitely dependent on the guy. So yeah. we've been blessed with an amazing team and we got some yeah. super high performers. And so as much as anything, we just try to stay out in front of those guys because right. they're doing a good job and we just try to feed them with opportunity and give them the ability to go around and do a good job. Right. Right. Very good. Very good. Thank you, sir. Jim, how about you? Uh, how are you setting your KPIs every year? Uh, do they change much? Is it driven, I'm assuming, by what you budget for each year? Well, we have upped our uh, replacement uh, average ticket every year. And of course, we're always, um, you know, whenever we sit down to do our budget, we always, you know, try to stretch that, you know, net goal. Um, sure. Even though we don't always hit it, uh, sometimes we go backwards. But um you know we're always trying to push the net goal we're always trying to push the ticket average for sales up just a little bit we feel like yeah. you know um that's something that you know equipment gets more expensive there's always new products that you can add on to the sale sure. um so from that standpoint we do a long time ago i started pushing the service ticket up um you know from the 250 to 300 and then uh, somebody advised me and i can't remember who it was but i kind of just drank the kool-aid that uh that, you know, when you get up above 250 into that 300 range, you really should be working on flipping those as, as sales leads. So, right. you know, that's kind of the direction that we, um, you know, encouraged our team. Now, I still see, you know, I think yesterday in Dayton, we had a $500 ticket average. So I still mm -hmm. see days where we have it and even months where it's up around 300, but we don't push for a $300 ticket average. As a matter of fact, when we're climbing in that direction, we're looking for more leads to be turned over. So. Right, that makes sense. Uh, when you get together with your with your management team, do you guys do you allow them to provide input for those budgeted goals and those KPIs and how you're going to influence those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that you know, each manager um, has say in what his um, DMR is going to be, and we do mm -hmm. the DMRs by three months, every three months. So I look at the DMR okay. like a budget. I mean. I handle the, the operating expense side of the budget myself, Yeah. but my managers are operating or are working the uh, sales side of the operating expense. So, you know, if one guy says, hey, you know, and for instance, and the guy in Dayton says, hey, my team can do a $11,000 ticket average. And the guy in Kokomo says, hey, my team can maybe only do an $8,500 ticket average. I'll let them do what's re I always tell them I want them to give me reasonable goals don't give me some shot in the dark and then miss it by a million you know now if you give me something that you've done over and over and over and you miss it that's one thing but if if you're constantly giving me a, a target and i've seen this on revenue a lot um in the past where they would give me this target revenue and i'm like 
where's the trend at for this? You know, where yeah. like because I keep the a clouds. trend chart, and I'm like, where have you ever <laughs> done that before? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And, and right. I, I don't want to bring them down. I just want to be reasonable. I always no, tell them, hey, yeah. give the goals you get the 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 uh, DMRs, which are budgets to me. When you give those to me, give them to me as achievable. You can stretch a bit. I'd like to see that, but um, but then go blow it up. Go blow sure. it up and create a new trend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. That's great. Now I'm assuming same same with me, with Jake. You guys, your individual salespeople, technicians have individual KPIs, goals that they have that you ask them to meet based on prior production. Yes, and as well as prior production, Bob. It's as much about them helping, like them hitting their goal. Yeah. So we again, like we have a BHAG or a great big goal of trying to provide opportunity to up to 200 families. And that sounds crazy because we only have about 26 involved right now, mm -hmm. but anyways, that's our goal. Right. And so for us, all of that revenue ultimately ends up being just like the re revenue we've realized recently, Jim talked about having an epiphany. We kind of had that about a year ago, like revenue can't be the goal or at least not for very long because people will stop chasing it. Yeah. What we identified is that, it's just that amount of revenue is required to help us hit the goal of providing opportunity to the fam to the families that are on board with us. Right, right, very good. And then Jim, you said uh, just to toss that question to you. Your each individual salesperson, technician, they each know what their individual KPIs, targeted KPIs are every, you know, every month, every year, what they got to hit. So. Uh to be quite frank with you, I, we used to do that, and maybe we still are. But I'm I need to check to see if we still are. But I can tell you, um, uh, when I've sat in many meetings where we were doing that, and they we actually passed it around at the beginning of the month and we let, let them set their goals. And even if their goals were lower than you know the targeted, it, again, as long as they were progressing up, and uh, they were the people who set their goals lower, they were expected to do more um, training, if you will. They were okay. expected, I like to say, stick their nose in and make a tackle, so to speak. So get in there and learn it, figure it out, and uh, and, and get better. Um, yeah. So, but I haven't checked with my managers to make sure they're still doing that. So that's, a, that's yeah. that'll be a good reminder <laughs> of this call will be. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Very good. Now you mentioned, uh, Jim, you use uh, the Deemer, um, you know, like a, a quarterly Deemer almost to kind of keep an eye on your num numbers. Uh, J Jake, do you have a Deemer or do you just have a software platform you kind of monitor as things are chugging along? Yeah, we lean on Service Titan and the mm -hmm. dashboard and reporting yeah. system within that quite a bit. So we pull some information out of that to fill in our weekly L10 report, for example, or a monthly scorecard for an individual. No, we do not specifically use the DMER. Yeah, understood. Um, now, when when you if you see numbers that are, are trending in the wrong direction, or let's say this, you you notice a technician that's had maybe a bad two or three or four calls, or when, when is the time to blow the whistle? Let's put it that way. When you notice, uh, uh, let's say an individual technician isn't doing well, when is, when is that time to, to intervene and, and call them and see what's going on? For us, we try to keep a pretty open line of communication. So that's going to be relatively quickly, two or three calls, mm -hmm. like you said, Bob. We're not okay. going to let that go multiple days for the guys yeah. in the rabbit hole. We mm -hmm. see a couple not go quite like we like we would expect. And maybe we say, hey, bud, like I bumped your next call. Go get a haircut. Take a break for a minute. <laughs> you know, like right. I said, that's, that's a pretty common thing, actually. Like, go get a haircut. Grab, yeah. grab, you know, grab a shake. And <laughs> Is that a training the next one? So we, we keep our dispatch board pretty fluid. So we move those calls around quite a bit to allow for that, whether yeah. our guy's healthy job has to stay or he needs a break and we just uh, try to cut him a little slack, I guess. 
And yeah, then I mean, in that, we might have a little bit of a coaching call, like, hey, this looks right. good, this looks good, and you know what? If you would have spent a little bit more time with that customer, maybe something more would have came of it, or whatever the case okay. might be. Right. So that happens right after you see that second or third bad call where he just tanks. You have that that coaching conversation right away, and you keep it positive. It's it's more inquisitive. It's it's you're not you're not bad mouthing anybody, right, for having a bad day. That's right. Our service manager is watching that and staying uh, on on top of it. Additionally. They have a few group messages going on, and so there's lots of, I don't know, cutting up and positive interaction for, yep. the, most, for the most part, for the most right. part in, in those messages. So sure. uh, they actually have a group that I'm out of, so they kind of are free to say or do whatever <laughs> they want to do. And, oh, boy. And, uh, I don't know if you want to look at that now. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Like, sometimes there's guys fishing in the middle of the day. They're supposed to be working. There you go. <laughs> but, no, I don't think that's But at the same weird. time, like, they're hitting, you know what I mean? They're hitting their goals and that expectations we have of them and so sure no good stuff uh jim kind of same question to you if when you guys and, and i know it's really your managers now uh and, and the team below them when when you notice an individual technician or someone's not performing you know you get two or three bad calls or a salesperson gets skunked three or four calls in a row it just happens right but uh how does how is that managed how does your team uh, respond to those situations well we will coach them up um and i i you know the managers are watching it every day right um i personally operate under the three strikes rule but it, the three strikes rule for me is a, is days so it's you know one two three days in a row then uh we got a problem you know I, somebody can have a bad day but they string three of them together to me that's that's a problem so yeah um but the managers are watching it call by call so right. they'll literally reach out call by call and then occasionally like and and um we'll put in the group chats um anytime that you walk out with a zero dollar ticket to give me a call personally not okay. we don't do this all the time it's just kind of randomly a couple times a month but that's really effective because um i think some people were nervous about it at first but when they realize when they call me i just kind of go into coach mode i don't like i'm not in i'm not there to kind of chew on you or make you feel bad or whatever yeah I'm usually just kind of talking to you, seeing how things are going, you know, hey, what, you know, what's going on in life? And then, you know, what happened with that call? And then what can we do to be better? And then, hey, yeah. go get the next one, you know? And it just, yeah. I think that enlightens them quite a bit. And they enjoy uh, the fact that they got a chance to chat with me for a little bit about things. And and um, and usually we notice uh, when we do that, we have really good results. So, yeah. Um, but I do the managers, and they'll do, the managers will do ride-alongs very commonly. Do ride-alongs. Um, yeah. Our ops managers aren't responsible for any of the, you know, when I was the general manager, if you will, I was responsible for uh, training sales, training bookkeepers, training call takers, figuring out the advertising program, watching the budgets, doing all this stuff. Our ops managers are just watching what's happening out in the field, so they have more right. time. And we really encourage them to make sure that they're spending that time coaching their team. So, yeah. What happens on that three strike rule? So they have three really bad days. Is that going? Is someone automatically get re, like re-enrolled in some kind of training, or is it just that call from Jim that happens, or what? What, what is that? What happens? Co coaching sessions. You know, we'll pull them in for a coaching session. We'll pull them in for a couple hours. We'll pull them off the out of the street, if you will, off the street. Uh, into the office. Maybe we'll go out with them. Um, I say we'll, the managers will go out with them. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, normally most of the people love 
the, the people they work for. So, you know, and I say the people because they're working, uh, people working in my business for managers, right? <laughs> they, yeah. they love their managers, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so they'll, they don't want to let them down. You know, they want to work hard and, and uh, they, they know, they know the goal and, and uh, they also know there's an open line to me too, if they need it, need it. So. Yeah. Let's, let's talk, let's level up uh, a quick second because you have multiple operations and multiple levels of management. If you notice one of your branches is having a rough, a uh, rough couple days. They're say they're having three rough days in a row. How do you how do you uh, insert yourself into that situation to try and and remedy it? To maybe coach them up or try to identify what you know maybe what's what's you know hindering you guys in, in whatever way. Well, first I'll dive into the DMR. Then I, I'll uh, Adam manage re, Adam manages regionally, so I'll talk to Adam about it. But I do what's called I call a ride along. But my ride along might just look like pulling a chair and some makeshift desk up in one of the manager's offices. So, and uh, just hanging out with them for the day. And really, um, you know, I found that coaching is a lot like, um, it's a lot like selling, you know, you're really just listening and, and kind of asking questions, leading questions to help direct them to see what it is that they're missing, but you're right. not trying to give them the answers. You're really trying to, help them to see the answers on their own. That's the best coaching. It works the best that way. Um, and honestly, every time uh, it, it empowers people, every time you empower somebody to think about the solutions on their own, then uh, you'll get better results than if you're telling them. And if you're yeah. always telling them, they're always going to come back to you looking for that answer too. So I do ride-alongs is what I call it, but my ride-along is like sitting in somebody's office. I do that kind yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, good insight. I like that. I like it. Support for this podcast comes from Rhino Fleet Tracking. Rhino is an industry-leading commercial vehicle tracking company with an array of vehicle and equipment tracking solutions, which provides you valuable data about your drivers and fleet. Their live Texas-based customer service has led them to more than 12 years of success. For SGI members, discounts, and more information, visit rhinofleettracking.com. Welcome back to the show. Today's show is our very first SGI monthly member panel. It features SGI coach Sonia Fryer, Jim Bodine of CGS Heating and Air, and Jake Wheeler of Wire One Electric. We're discussing how KPIs or key performance indicators drive operational decisions. We have had lots of great information so far and we have lots more to discuss. So let's jump back into that discussion. Uh, let's shift a little bit. Jake, uh, question to you. Um, you've got a, a bunch of high performing electricians that, that put up big numbers. Uh, I'm assuming, you know, if it's not just because you know there's there's an element that, that drives that right. There's got to be some co competition that they, they they're seeing each other's numbers. Uh, so what does that look like look like at Wire One? Do you just have a scoreboard posted up traditionally? Is it on monitors? How often are you updating it? Um, you know how often are they looking at? Well, yeah, you you guys are all remote. So how does that how does that work? That's right. We don't even really have it. I mean, we got a shop, but nobody goes there and has for almost a year now. Yeah. So, um, or probably longer than that. Like I, I was telling you before the call, no, nobody really gone to our shop since probably, I don't know, four or six months before COVID. Anyway, wow. so yes, we do have scoreboards, and no, it's not on monitors, and no, it's not a traditional scoreboard. Right. Everybody rolls in and fills out. Yeah. Um, everybody has service tight and access to their own dispatch or to their own dashboard. Okay. And then twice a week, we jump on a coaching call. So there's a training call that the service manager does with the technicians in the field, and he'll he'll do a screen share and he'll post everybody's numbers. At that point, uh, they'll kind of just go through and take the service site and dashboard apart so the guys can see see it from whatever angle they want to see it. Who's leading yeah. in sales? Who has the best closing rate? Who's got the most revenue completed? 
whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess in those training meetings, is are you just talking through different situations, maybe that weren't as success, successful, or or you find things maybe an electrician did that was unique to to get a sale, or or do something you know that's interesting in, in in order to share that, or how do those training meetings typically flow? I think all of that happens, yeah. Bob, and then they look for the all the best content they can from you and try to use that to fill some space. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't have to come up with stuff to say all the time. I think right. if you want to, but, uh, yeah. yes, all of those kind of things happening. Uh, they're reviewing invoices and calling out like, Hey, everybody, let's see how we could have done this. Okay. Yeah. Everybody has ideas of how that could have been better. There's lots of competition that happens and sure. lots of bantering back and forth in multiple <laughs> team chats. Uh, okay. And so I think that is a good thing. And so, that encourages each other to keep going up and of course we got a bunch of guys that want to be the best and so they, they right. push each other and set right. pretty high goals for themselves sure. as well you guys got a text thread going while everyone's running around too yeah that's right it sometimes surprises me that they ever get, get any work done at all but that's awesome <laughs> i mean that's what that's what keeps them going right and yeah. and you talk to john and you've done an interview with him you know yeah. he wants to be the best and yeah. uh he and, and so as a result we get a few other guys chasing him and then sure. it gets pretty fun pretty fun that's really great. quick that's good that's excellent all right thank you jay jim how about you guys how how do you uh how do you show everyone what they're doing to kind of foster that that competitive angle and get them get them going and you know it, it creates some uh some you know some juices flowing everyone wants to, to beat the next guy so what does that look like at cjs well we uh we still stick with kind of the the old uh airtime model if you will like I, maybe it's still the new kind of airtime model I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> Um, you know, from management standpoint, we get a DMR every day. Um, I usually have it before noon and on many days I have it by 10 o'clock. So um, all of us, and that goes out to all the managers. So you can see what you do. We have a 15 minute huddle the following at seven o'clock every day <clears throat> and everybody reports on their KPIs and okay. including cash. How much did I grow the cash uh, each day? Call center manager reports. Um, everybody reports their numbers. Um, yeah. And as far as the technicians go, uh, in meetings a couple good. times a week, a mm -hmm. uh, couple times a week in the meetings, um, they, um, they'll, they'll get the report cards and they actually write, we use green and red. So green means they hit the goal and red means they didn't. And they'll write sure. it right on the, whatever you call it, the whiteboard or whatever they call it. So, yeah. Yeah. There's that psychological influence on, uh, maybe getting a little little tighter with your calls, right? And I'm assuming you do the same thing for your sales guys as well, right? So techs and sales guys, it's kind of monitored and, and reported the same way. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay, awesome, very good. Um, you know, the, the second, let's change subjects a little bit. Uh, you know, you gotta monitor, you gotta show the numbers for everyone to get them going, but you also have to reward them uh, for hitting different goals. Um, Jake, let's let's throw it to you. Um, do you have any kind of uh, you know spiffs or you know any kind of financial uh, reward for hitting gross margins or just certain uh, sales or what do you what do you do to kind of dangle a cookie in front of your guys just to push a little bit harder? Yeah, the the technicians obviously are like have a vested interest, right? Because they earn a com a commission, so they okay, got a lot a going right there just to help keep driving it. All of our office positions have uh, some sort of a, a bonus structure attached to their scorecard. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, like I mentioned, gross uh, gross margin is on both dispatcher and the service manager's scorecard. Mm -hmm. And then they have a, a bonus structure built built around that. 
mm-hmm. as far as specific rewards or spiffs, we set quarterly goals as a team. Mm-hmm. And because we're pretty spread out and kind of all in different areas, we use that as an opportunity to get back together and, you know, with a goal of kind of building the culture. So we yeah. set some reward goals and the better, like the closer we are to hitting the goal, then the bigger trip we'll take or bring everybody together for. So those yeah. are things we try to do on a quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. And then just uh, at Sonia's direction, randomly, we just, I don't know, send a gift to the guy's wife or something to that effect, you know. <laughs> there you go. No, that's good. That's a good angle. I like that a lot. I like that. How about for your, your you know, like your service manager? Is he is he compensated in, in some way to, to meet gross margin and to help your guys not to start buying or, or wasting yeah, a bunch of stuff? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if it's right or wrong or too simple or too complicated, but yes, our service manager, about 50% of his comp comes from how well the team performs, ultimately how well he performs on his scorecard. It's heavily weighted with gross margin and whether or not we hit the revenue goal, which he's a okay. part of setting. So it's not like it's just dictated to him. He's a part of setting that revenue goal. Right. That kind of determines a large portion of his compensation. That's great. Good stuff. Thank you, Jake. Jim, same kind of question to you. Uh, how, how are you, what kind of cookies are you dangling for, you know, your salespeople, for your technicians, uh, in terms of spiffs or, you know, if certain, if certain targets are hit? Um, so the salespeople, once they get above 150000 for the month, they get a certain percentage of the total sales extra than, than what they uh, got on their commission. Okay. And then when they hit 200,000, they'll get a little bit more and then so on and so forth. So um, we, we give them, you know, a little bit of extra commission for each time they hit one of those marks. Mm-hmm. Um, managers, uh, again, I follow the, the airtime model um, where it talks about paying X percent based on sales. So we basically take a location and we say, okay, this location is going to do this much in sales. So we give a salary based on the percentage that's recommended right. in the model. But then we adjusted it um, up or down based on gross margin. So we do what we call settlements. Now, we'll never take money from them. But let's say um, you went negative on your settlement. Well, then your next settlement might have to level that one back up. So, Okay, very good. How about, um, you know, you've got plumbing and you're selling clubs. Uh, Are guys getting spiffed on, on clubs or your call takers selling clubs? Yes, we, we just pay a, a flat $25 for each club sold, and um, we found that to be very effective. We sell a lot of clubs. We have over almost 7,500 clubs, I think. So, um, yeah, yeah. And as far as plumbing goes, well, all we're doing right now is water heaters, but we're okay. we're in full, like we've got two trucks in the parking lot. We've hired two plumbers. We're, we have marketing plans put together. We just haven't lost it yet. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> No, that's good. That's good. I, I'm assuming uh, they'll be selling a combo club with plumbing and HVAC at some point. Yes. Yes. Okay. We we just we just up, updated our club pricing. It goes into effect on. Uh, it, they'll be grandfathered for the previous club members, but the future club members will pay just a little bit more, and then include a plumbing tune-up also. Okay. Are you gonna? How are you gonna ignite that plumbing fire? Your 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 CCR is gonna start gradually mentioning more commonly hey we do plumbing too and uh and 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 get that rolling that way yeah we're going to uh kind of manage our what we have for plumbing manpower Mm -hmm. and when they don't have calls we're gonna just send them out on tune-ups at first 
uh, to do safety inspections with our two, with our HVAC tune-ups, just okay. as a, you know, we'll let the client know, Hey, by the way, this includes, you know, your, your, your uh, you, your tune-up in, includes a, uh, a plumbing inspection. So we'll just send the plumber out at the same time and he'll do a plumbing inspection. And we really feel like between just getting the word out and doing those that will, you know, again, something yeah. in motion stays in motion kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exciting. Uh, Sonia, I, I, I'm sorry that you're sitting there all quiet and stuff, but uh, have you heard any other interesting ways companies are kind of, you know, dangling any kind of carrots to incentivize performance with as it pertains to gross margin? I know you're talking to members all across the country all the sure. time. No, no. Um, yeah, I hear a lot of different things. Um, most people I do hear, if it's a management type role, they're doing a percentage off the gross mm -hmm. margin. If you hit your yeah. gross margin, we're going to pay a certain percentage, of course. Um, as far as more of the frontline, you know, call takers, I'm hearing a lot of spiffs on call booking percentage, cancellation rates. Um, if you got multiple call takers, some people have even taken it advanced and they'll do average truck ticket. The oh, okay. call booked by the call taker because the more mm -hmm. of the value they can build, the more they can yeah. set that tech up for success. Um, dispatchers are really hard. For technicians, of course, we hear all kinds of monthly contests, uh, same as Jim just said, club memberships for call takers and technicians. Um, monthly contest is huge. Average tickets, closing rates. Um, one thing is, I often hear on Frontline, is people feel like the same people are constantly winning those top dog awards, oh. so to say. Sure. So sure. I think it's always important because you don't want your other people to quit trying to maybe even offer something like most improved average ticket. Okay. We're trying to help everyone get that way. So there's some yeah. other little things we can track there too and get definitely very creative on. Oh, that's good. That's a good point. Excellent. Thank you. Um, I have a bunch of round robin questions is how I, I kind of phrase it that I'd like to throw to the, the three of you. Um, the first one I will, will throw out. Actually, I'd like to hear um, all three of your inputs on this because this was a member driven question. Um, and Jake, I'll, I'll start with you. What's your, the question was, what is your number one go-to when you aren't hitting the following KPIs? And there's three of them. So average ticket, tech closing ratio, and call center booking percentage. So what do you do if, when you immediately notice some those those issues in those three? Uh, so let's work through them backwards with it. With our booking percentage, it generally just amounts to encouraging and more praise for the call taking team. Um, mm -hmm. when those, for us anyways, girls feel good about themselves and feel like they're doing a good job taking care of the customers, they actually end up doing a better job taking care of the customers. Yeah. So we want them to understand they're appreciated. And when we don't do enough of that is probably when we see our booking percentage come down. Uh, yeah. One more thing, I guess, uh, like real hands-on, it could be that maybe we got lax in the number of calls we're making as well. So not only fielding inbounds, but we might not be trying hard enough to connect with leads that reach out to us. Okay. So very tactical there, I guess. Um, the other two are average ticket yeah, and yeah, tech average closing. Ticket and closing rate. Yes. Closing rate, I believe, is similar. Uh, people say, like, people buy from people they like and trust, right? And like everybody knows that. And so yep. to the extent that our technicians are genuine in their concern and they're, like, legitimately trying to help the customer come up with a solution, we'll end up closing the deal. When we see that not happening often enough, it usually means, hey, we're kind of running through those calls. We're looking for the easy sell or just checked out a little bit for the day. Yeah. And so we want to step in, encourage that technician. Hey, like we want to do right by the customer. You need to genuinely be there looking for different ways you can help can help make that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, average ticket being low is, for us anyways, often a result of not offering options 
Okay. So it's just going in and kind of like taking the customer's direction and just slapping the fix on whatever it was they asked for instead mm -hmm. of being the expert and saying, hey, I get that you asked for this and this and that also apply. I'm sure you want me to go ahead and do those as well. Yeah. So, okay. Very good. Uh, Jim, same question to you. Uh, you know, I know you're, you know, you, your managers are, are more or less probably doing this, but, uh, you know, but obviously you've done it, you've managed it hands on in the past when average ticket tech closing ratio and call center booking percentages are off those three ones what do you how do you what do you do so, so i'll hit on the managers thing for just a second I, I still have the same process i just do it through a manager now so you know right. i i have when i see things digressing usually what i'll do is quickly find out that we've gotten away from doing something that was fundamental right mm -hmm. we've gotten a middle uh we've gotten rid of doing a role play or setting goals or you know, just you know, we're doing ride-alongs or whatever. So that's that's what I do is I dive in with the managers. Hey, what what's the problem, right? Yeah. And then I'll coach the managers up for the most part. But um, they, I, you know, you we've empowered them to manage, so they go they go do their job. And and uh, you know, with call takers, I I see everything from just a couple times we meet, we calls the phones, they go to the answering service, everybody goes back and does the training. And then it comes back in and, you know, catches back up on the calls and the dispatching. They put a message out to the field, letting them out, know that they're out for just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, again, I've talked to my call center manager multiple times. Hey, it seems like maybe we've not done training. I haven't heard any training done in a couple of weeks or something. And she'll, you know, hey, she'll get back after it and get back in rhythm. Something took them out of rhythm. Yeah. A meeting got canceled or two. And that, that's where you got to be careful. It's, something gets canceled once or twice and be before you know it that's the new habit right and yeah. um, and then you have these um things that start digressing you know same thing with technicians um you know just reaching out and calling them or bringing them in for one-on-one -on -one coaching or just doing ride-alongs with them and yeah. um and um sales is the same way sales now um will actually run them back through a sales class um okay which we've we've taken the SGA, SGI model and kind of customized it within our own organization. Yeah. And, but we also send them out to CSD too. So we do both because I think there's a lot of value from getting around people around the country, you know, the, yeah. the, than just people in our room. But at the same time, we don't want to always have to wait. And uh, we have some things that are kind of near and dear to us that we've implemented in that. Same with the uh, technician training. Um, we call it we call it the Yestified Tech Training. So, but it's the same thing as what you guys are teaching. We've just we've yeah. just uh, modified it a little bit to uh, to uh, um, to be uh, you know with some of the things that we find near and dear to us. But we run those once a month, and we bring all the new guys in, and we um, and we um, um, you know sometimes we'll bring somebody in the field that's been struggling in to those too. So. Okay. Very good, very good. Sony, I should have let off with you because you talked to enough members and coach them through all this stuff. So when you've got members that their their team, they're not hitting their average tickets, their tech closing ratio and their, their call center booking percentages, what what do you what's those coaching conversations look like? Sure. Well, I can definitely echo what these two gentlemen just said for sure. But in addition to, um, I think as soon as you see a text not hitting, whether you're watching individually or as a group, we've got to find out, is it one individual for the one-on-one -on -one coaching or is it the whole group? So we right. customize our training for that. 
But the first thing you got to do, whether it's average ticket or closing rate, is review invoices. And when I say review invoices, that's not just the invoice. That's the inspection sheet. That's your performance report. That's going to be your options, depending on what trade you are. Yeah. Um, at last expo, Abigail Chen did a session on reviewing invoices for airtime and roofing. And I actually did one for electrical and plumbing. Go back and watch it if you are having an issue with that, because we dive into it to probably a different level. We peel back a lot of layers of what a lot of stuff can tell you just by reviewing invoices. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to review the invoices. You're going to see what they're missing and okay. you've got to start yeah. coaching the text. And then in addition to that, I think as an owner or a manager, you've got to work with your dispatcher for that accountability piece. You've got mm -hmm. to tell them who's struggling and on what. And they need to notify you as soon as that technician calls in to debrief, hey, they didn't do their inspection. Hey, they didn't do this. So you can get them on the phone right then. So I think yeah. you can utilize your dispatcher with that as well. Um, and there's definitely the accountability piece. Another thing is we forget to look at is time. How long was that tech at that job before they presented yeah. price? Mm -hmm. Did they have time to build value? That's a huge thing. And then um, on our call takers, I think it's listening to the calls with them. Just like you'd review invoices, let's listen to calls and see what we need to tweak to get to that yeah. next level. Are yeah. they telling price before they're telling value? You know, are they building any value in us? Are they being yeah. empathetic? Are they being genuine? It's just crazy. Their tones of voice can make a huge difference. So, I mean, I think this is a conversation we could have all day long, but yeah. I think it boils down to diving into invoices for your text yeah. and listening to calls and then role playing with both two. And almost like Jim said, jumping in the truck, doing a ride along for your text or jumping into your call center. I know he called it a ride along. I call it a set in when you sit there at their desk and sitting there with them if you have to. Sure. Sure. This is uh, my next question actually was, was to you uh, and it'll play off. I think what you just said, but uh, was what are one or two tips you would give members that would help their call takers set better leads for their techs and or salespeople? So I think it's actually product training. I don't know okay. if that's where y'all were expecting to go that. How many times do you have your call takers set in on your product training? You know, techs get knowledge of it. Let your call takers get knowledge of it. When they get enthusiastic about something, it's contagious. And I think that's huge. And when they know about product and they can just mention it in conversation and get excited, people are begging your B player text fart without them even having to bring it up. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about your average truck ticket per call taker, and that's where you can find that. But I think product training is a huge part. Um, another part is generally being able to connect to that client. You know, do they understand like disc profiling? Um, yeah. Do they show empathy? Are they genuine? And just really understand the values. I can't tell you how many call takers have never done a ride-along. Yeah. I know with COVID, some couldn't, but you know, we have six steps to a successful service call rate play condition with Carrie Atkins. Show that to your call taker, set down, let them get that visual so they can really see what the technicians are doing so they can better set those expectations, I think, with the customer. That's great. Good stuff. Jake, shoot, shoot a question over you. What do you do at Wire One? We know you guys are great at selling stuff for sure. Uh, but what do you do at Wire One to keep your materials percentages where they need to be, so your gross margins where it also needs to be? Well, we're battling right now, Bob. It hasn't been easy. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're bat we're battling, and yeah. probably need probably need to do more there. But I th it seems to be kind of a trend that's happening here. Um, yeah. Other than that, what do we do? So we're shopping. We should be shopping that material. I mentioned to you before the call. This is gonna sound yeah. crazy, but my 15 year old orders all of our material. And he orders it all drop shipped to the text house. Yeah. So uh, he sometimes does better than others, but he should be he should be shopping that material, you know. So when we go to get a quote on anything, he should be just sending it to all of our vendors at the same time. Uh, okay. We're getting better at that. I'm not gonna say yeah. we're perfect at it. We're getting better at it. 
and then uh, for us, a big part of it, which might not be applicable to everybody, but is to watch that shipping extent because we're not bringing it to a central location and bringing all, all of our techs in. We're instead sending that material out. We got to watch what it's costing to get us to get it to those uh, to those guys' houses, basically. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know if that completely answered your question, but that's what we do. We we shop. I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of other options. We shop that material. We try to yeah. take advantage of any discounts we can by paying our invoice prompt or on right. time or whatever right asking good stuff and then, very good and then we try to make up the difference on decreased labor by getting the material to the guy right 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 excellent excellent all right uh jim how do you keep um overtime to a relative min minimum so you're not killing your labor percentage and also you're not killing your team this time of year <laughs> <laughs> get out uh, there <laughs> it's easier to do in the office um yeah you know but because in the office we can kind of draw a line as to when we roll things over to to our uh on-call services if you will but um in the field it's very difficult because things take longer people call in sick um yeah. you got extra jobs it just every it, it, I, I that's i I wish we could give it to the technicians like, hey, here's 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 where the end of your day is. I really wish we could because I know that they would love that. But it just unfortunately is is not the case. It's very tough this time of year. During the um, during the slower times of year, though, we got to be careful because you can easily, you know, you start putting tune ups on a guy and run into overtime in, during the slow time. And so you, right. you definitely want to try to pull the reins back there and they'll appreciate that for the most part, unless you just have somebody that's that's wanting overtime then you might just give them some extra on-call time. But we yeah. do that by going, we use like the three and a half, during the slower times, the three and a half calls a day, which mm -hmm. means that one guy's going to run four because he, he runs to them fast and another guy's going to run three. So we book three and a half calls a day per tech uh, during the slow periods to help control overtime. Okay, very good. Uh, Sonia, shooting over to you. Uh, how do you coach members who continually run into callbacks and warranty calls, thus killing their gross margin? Sure. Um, I think, again, that comes into ride-alongs. I think you need to ride along with the tech and see what are they missing. Are they rushing their job? Are they, I would be looking at a lot of their KPIs too we've been discussing. You know, look at their material. Do they have the, the properly stocked van? If you can get the material and it's not back ordered. I know how that's going right now. Sure. But are their vans properly stocked? Mm -hmm. um, do they just, are they rushing through jobs? Or is it a technical issue? I think yeah. if you don't do the ride-along and see what constantly keeps happening, how can you address it? Now, sure. I think you've got to look at callbacks and warranties and say, okay, is it the same common issue happening with everyone? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times it could be, you know, one city given a red tag. And if that's mm -hmm. happening, that's something we've got to address with everyone so they know how to fix it going forward. Right. Or is it just one tech and they're doing sloppy work? Yeah. And I really, I think it goes back to the ride-alongs. I think that's really important. Good, good stuff. Jake, uh, rapid fire, a few more guys. Uh, Jake, Jake, you have a bunch of crown champions guys selling just crazy amounts of electrical work. Uh, what are two or three products or services they routinely build into their options to get those huge average tickets and how do they communicate them to homeowners? So I know Kent Bull's not around anymore, but I got to give credit where credit's due. We took some guys up there and learned a lot from Kent by using a circuit diagnosis to blow that up into bigger jobs. So the circuit okay. diagnosis just opens the door and then from there we find additional problems on the circuit whether it be the need for rewiring that circuit or redevicing the entire home and sometimes leads them to a complete rewire of the home. Mm -hmm. um, 
of course that includes like services, right? So we're, we're building panels and services. We fully embrace the whole arc fault deal. So rather than being the guy that says, oh, arc faults suck and they're just a problem, we fully embrace that. Code, code requires it. This is what you're supposed to have. And so we bought in and said, hey, there should be arc faults everywhere. So yeah. then that necessitates often some of these upgrades in order to get the arc fault to hold. Okay, good stuff. Very good. Uh, Jim, I'm going to throw a question to you. How do you teach your, your salespeople how to avoid discounting right away just to, to get over, you know, the price objection when they're when they're selling equipment in the home? You know, obviously that kills margins. So what's what's their system for getting drops approved? Uh, you know, and how, how does that influence or impact the uh, salesperson individually when when he or she does that? Well, first of all, we role play. Um, I got to let you know my battery's getting low here. I might have to log back <laughs> in on my phone. <laughs> That's all right. It, went, it was full battery when we started. It was, <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I if you lose me, I'll log back in on my phone. Um, okay. I was looking for an outlet, but this isn't my vehicle. It's my wife's vehicle, so I don't know where it's at. No, that's um, right. But we we start with we commonly role play the 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 five or six most common objections. You know, um, you know, hey, I'm just thinking about it, or the price is too high, or I want to talk to my wife, or the brand objection or, you know, the most common objections that you see, we role play those very, very commonly. Um, and, and that's, that's how we, uh, that's how we manage it mostly just com it just, just really role play through the most common objections. And when you do that, you don't run into those type of problems very often. So. Okay. So your discounting isn't a huge issue with CJS. You don't run into that too well, much. Well, the other thing that we do to really discourage it is we have a sliding um, commission calculator. So right. every time you drop a percent, you lose something in commission. So right. um, it's not equal percent for percent, obviously, sure. but um, but you might lose an eighth of a percent. I can't remember exactly what it is. Adam's adjusted it a couple of times. But when you drop, you you lose something too. You feel every it. Percent. <laughs> yeah, it does it's not any like oh sure go ahead you can take another ten percent yeah yeah for yeah. sure they they have skin in the game excellent great well well uh, all three of you thank you so much for all your time today I'm gonna open it up uh, we've got a bunch of attendees on um, I think uh, you can type questions in uh, and I can throw it out to the crew here if anyone has any I will uh, allow you to to enter those now Bob we do have a couple questions that come in if you can see them there in the question section. Uh, let's see. Was with the customer signing contract? Is that? Um, no, not that one. No. Well, can you help me out? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, first one is: Can you please explain further the sales to revenue KPI? Yes, from Helen. Anyone want to take that one? Please explain further the sales to revenue KPI. I'm not sure. I'm not I may have mentioned that. Um, we are watching for sales to lead revenue, right? So we should be selling at least as much as we're completing, if not more. Ideally, we'd be building a backlog specifically this time of year. For us and our current budget, that looks like about 6%. So we need to be selling approximately 6% more than we are completing on a over a given time period to be building a little bit of a backlog coming into when things will slow down you know or mm -hmm. christmas time or so right um so okay i'm not sure that was the question but possibly yeah i, th I think that's what that was addressing i was kind of reading into that too maybe uh sales to revenue 
meaning like in, in HVAC, we kind of go 70% uh, sales to 30% service. So maybe that's mm -hmm. what they meant. And okay. maybe that 70 to 30 ratio will help her understand that. I think if you're in that neighborhood, you're okay. If that's the if that's what she meant or he meant. Okay. Very good. All right, uh, I got we got a few here, so let's get keep rolling. Is your advertising budget as recommended by SGI, or do you use your own percentage of revenue for advertising to achieve the leads needed to attain your KPIs? I definitely follow the the model as close as I can, and most and I'd say, and that's one of them. Uh, most scenarios, I follow the model as close as I can. Yeah, excellent. Jake, any, we any? probably push on the top end of what SGI is recommending for marketing. So we're a little bit, a uh, little bit aggressive there, and then try to make it up in a few other areas. Uh, we're intentional about that, um, but still like really in growth mode. So we push pretty hard on that. Yeah, marketing yeah. percentage. Very good. Uh, all right. Next question is: How often do you? I think this is really towards you, Jake. Is how often do you hold remote meetings to discuss progress with the entire field team? How often do you offer training to the entire group of field techs? Tech uh, tech team trains twice a week, Monday and Thursday morning for an hour. They have Online. a fifteen minute yeah. they have a fifteen minute huddle call starting at six forty seven every morning that they're not in a training meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, quarterly. It's in an effort to like maintain or stay in line with our meeting rhythm that we've established. So quarterly, after doing a quarterly training, we'll spend about a week just uh, solidifying those thoughts, and then we'll bring the whole team together via Zoom and say, "Hey, here's where we're going. Here's the plan. So we're going to do for next quarter. This is what has to happen to make it happen. And when we hit that goal, this is where we're going to go celebrate." Excellent. Awesome. Very good. All right. Uh, there was there's two questions. Oh, oh, sorry, another one was coming in. Uh, well, there's one question if this is being recorded. It will be recorded and we'll have it on the hub uh, very quickly and then we will release it on on uh, YouTube uh, probably several weeks later and make it a little easier for you if you're driving around and kind of use that on your phone. Uh, let's see, the, another question. After you train and train and train and have ride-alongs with your techs, at what point do you let them go after they just aren't hitting their KPIs when everyone else is hitting theirs? I'll jump in here. We we use the um, progressive discipline chart. It's also on the hub. Um, I don't know that I love that name, although that's what it ends up being, if you will. I kind of more or less look at it like the, um, you know, you're before you ever go to let a teammate or discipline a teammate. Um, you want to make sure that you you know you've done your job training, that you've done that you've given them the right tools, you've given them the right feedback that you've encouraged them. So there's this whole process of you looking in the mirror first to make sure that you've done what you're supposed to do correctly. And um, and then only then, then it kind of comes down to either they don't have the ability to do the job or they don't want to do the job. And that, that's when it gets into, you know, hey, it's time to either move into another seat or maybe this just isn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. How long is that? Will you give that? Is that, is that you know, is that end up being months? Is that weeks? Uh, you know? When, yeah, I'd say typically it's going to happen within, it's going to get noticed within 30 days and it's mm -hmm. going to get resolved within 90 days. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, now if it's a brand new hire, it could happen in a week or two. <laughs> but if it's <laughs> somebody who's been on your team and done well for you, you know, they've, they've earned the, the, the right to, 
to be coached up and have a little bit of time spent doing that. So sure. No, good insight. Hey, Bob, yeah. Go ahead, to Sonia, add on to what Jim just said, um, cause I'm like him. I don't like the word discipline to me. It's discipline cause they're doing something wrong. And sometimes yeah. it's just, we've got to help them get better. Like he said, yeah. so I've changed it. I don't know if this will help you, Jim, but when I work with people, I say development instead, progressive mm -hmm. development plan. Like How can it. we help develop them? So I didn't know if that helped Jim with that. Sure. That's a good nugget. I like it, Sonia. Thank you. Um, Jake, same to you. You've been doing this for a while. I, I know not everyone works out, right? I wish they would, but uh, what, what do you happen? What happens when you train and train and train and, and someone's just not quite getting it? Uh, you should go with what Jim said. Sounds like they're way better at it than we are. <laughs> but along those lines, I mean, we got a, we got a, uh, again, I'll just reiterate, we've been blessed with a super, with a super good team. And so yeah. people kind of want to, people want to get on board. They want to make that happen. They want to fit. And to the extent that they don't, people recognize that relatively quickly and seem to select out more often than not for us. Like yeah. they self-select, you know, they say, well, I'm not going to, I'm playing on the Yankees and maybe I shouldn't be. Yeah. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, guys, we're, we're pretty much, we're past the hour and uh, I don't have any more questions that have dropped in the queue. Um, Sonia, Jim, Jake, thank you again for all your time. Great insight. Uh, definitely a lot packed into about most 66 minutes. Um, just to reiterate to everyone, uh, this is being recorded. It will be on the hub. I don't want to promise tomorrow, but I know it's going to be super soon. And then, like I said, uh, several weeks thereafter, we will make it available on uh, the YouTube channel. If you'd like to watch it again in real ease of use instead of having to log in, uh, it'll also be on the podcast player. I get to plug that, um, that, you know, you can go ahead and, and check that out in the other interviews I do on there as well. So with that, gentlemen and, and, and lady, thank you so very much again for your time. I hope you guys have a, a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you again, everyone tuning in. Uh, and I look forward to, to seeing you all next month with our next uh, monthly member panel. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you all. all. Right. Take care, guys. That's Sonia Fryer from SGI, Jim Bodine of CGS Heating and Air, and Jake Wheeler of Wire One Electric, sharing their insight on how KPIs drive operational decisions in our very first SGI monthly member panel. As a reminder for SGI members watching or listening, you can get those SGI-specific KPIs by going to your SGI member hub. They're very easy to find. So Thanks for joining us. If you feel like you have a great story we're sharing that would also help other contractors, please email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're on your favorite podcast player, give us a five-star review. And please join us for future episodes. It's my promise to you that we will continue to interview successful contractors and other influential individuals in the contracting world. This is The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Goodman. Goodman Manufacturing Company LP produces a complete line of refreshingly affordable air conditioning and heating equipment. All Goodman brand products are designed, engineered, and assembled in the United States. For more information, visit GoodmanMFG.com. The Successful Contractor podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager-to-help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com.
The Successful Contractor Podcast is a production of the Aquila Investment Group, LLC, All Rights Reserved, 2021.